and uh it's on baby no but uh but anyways that that was that was dumb Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 84 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. We got eight days from kickoffs, ladies and gents. Yes, very close to the start of the season. College football starts this weekend, which we also very much enjoy go dogs and we're just it's just it's that time of year it's great uh so much news to get into i mean i'm, I'm sure that we're gonna leave some things off but we tried to cover the, the the main things here coming up uh and then we are going to be doing uh one of our personal favorite episodes uh our values bus and top dogs so um you know if We'll kind of explain what all of those are, but you probably already understand just by us saying them. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we will be getting into those. And of course, we did an episode like this a uh, little bit over a month ago, but this that was uh, for Dynasty. And this is, of course, for redraft reg- this upcoming season specifically. So if you're, you know, got the draft, this is this Labor Day weekend is the biggest draft weekend of the year. Uh, this is a really good episode for you to catch before you get into one of those. So, um, and if not, then you can always trade for these guys too. So, um, or trade them away if they're one of the bus. But anyways, let's get into it. Nate, I know you got a nice little list of news. Um, go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, we have uh, all teams have cut down to their 53-man rosters, which means we got a lot of news to cover here, so we'll get straight to it. But before we get to cuts and everything, got to mention the Brian Robinson shooting that happened this past Sunday, which is just a freak incident. Uh, He tried to get carjacked by two people, and uh, he actually actually wrestled the gun away from one, but uh, the other shot him twice. Uh, in the right leg, kind of one in the butt and the other uh, actually in his knee. But uh, the reports are that uh, the the shot missed all ligaments, did no ligament damage, didn't hit the bone at all. Um, so no major damage to his knee. Uh, so they actually think he could be on the field, you know, so sooner than people expect. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's great news for him. That's not life-threatening and it doesn't look like it's career-threatening, but sucks for a guy that really looked like he – wrestled away that uh, starting running back job, at least on first and second down. So sucks for him, but glad he's um, relatively okay. Yeah, no, really sad story. And yeah, you know, the news had just came out, uh, you know, as an Antonio Gibson believer, I was finally starting to bite my nails and think that Nate could have been right. And that's when you were like, I got to do something about this. Go steal the car. <laughs> no, do not connect me to this terrible incident. Uh, no, but uh, it was, you know, obviously very unfortunate and, you know, just obviously it's way bigger deal than fantasy, but, uh, just as a very much smaller note, sad day for Nate, because his two of his favorite dynasty targets in, in, uh, John Mechie and now Brian Robinson have just had complete freak accidents happen to them or, you know, obviously Mechie with the cancer. So the leukemia, which I guess is a form of cancer. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, you got to stop liking these guys. At least stop saying it out loud, Nate. Just, just. They're literally my two most owned twenty twenty two rookies. It's, uh, yeah, it's very frustrating. Well, Obviously, fantasy is like small compared to what they're going through. But yeah, it's just like I can understand if it was football related stuff. But Jesus 
Come on. Yeah, yeah. This is also a man who drafted Henry Ruggs in several leagues. So <laughs> Dude, I'm staying away from rough. Alabama players from here on out. Fuck yeah, the Alabama players. It's just been a rough go. But anyways, I know we got a lot more news, so go ahead. And yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, also Brian Robinson is already back at the training facility. He was like greeting coaches and like bringing snacks and stuff. The dude's a freaking warrior. So yeah. Um, but yeah, getting into the cuts and uh, trades and everything. Trey Sermon cut by the 49ers third round pick one year ago. Uh, that one surprised even me. I'm not, I've never been the super high on Trey Sermon, but man. Uh, yeah. I know that was a surprise to you as well, Josiah, but wow. Yeah, no, it sucked. I, I uh, traded like a second round pick in Jarvis Landry for him last year to trade up and get him in, in the draft. And that was a wasted pick. It looks like, I mean, he, he could end up somewhere. There's been guys that, that have been cut and can bounce back, but. Yeah, not not great at all for sure. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot more surprise cuts I know. Yeah, definitely. Um, another surprise cut was Kenyon Drake. Uh, didn't really expect him to get cut by the Raiders, but it really looks like uh, they're trying to move on to the guys they picked, and one of them's Amir Abdullah, who can be real good pass catching back. So uh, Drake gets cut, but he does get signed to the Ravens, uh, which actually might be better for him in the short term because Dobbins is doubtful for Week One. Um, also with his signing, Tyler Beatty does get cut. So unfortunate for him. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Sony Michelle got cut by the dolphins. That was another surprise. Uh, but he's now signed with the chargers. So that actually might be an upgrade for him. He has a chance to compete for the spot right behind Eckler. Uh, he has a good short yardage back. He showed that last year with the Rams. Um, and again, this does mean Larry Roundtree gets cut. So, you know, kind of a theme here, but, um, uh, knocking him down and, uh, yeah, Kellen Mond was, probably the last of one of the big surprising cuts um, gets cut by the Vikings, a guy that, you know, I thought had some problems coming out of college, but the Viking staff has not liked him uh, either staff, uh, but he does get signed to the Browns, which given their short-term situation, isn't the worst place in the world for him to end up. Uh, you know, like you said, it's not a death sentence, but it's not good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say, yeah, you know, definitely Trey Lance has had a rockier start than I would have liked and where I had him ranked, but I would definitely have him ranked above Kellen Mond. And uh, I did have him ranked above Kellen Mond after the draft. After the draft? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. No. Okay, all right, all right. I won't, I won't get you to Yeah, that. no, I'm not. I'm not. You know. okay. <laughs> it was taken number three. I had to factor that in. Um, but uh, anyway, ooh, another surprise. Marlon Mack got cut. Uh, and he's a guy who actually looked pretty good in the preseason. So that was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, yeah, he's, he's gone. He might get picked up by another team, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, uh, possibly later, but Damian Pierce, man, uh, he's, you know, it seems like they're full steam ahead with him. The hype train has meet, reached maximum, uh, speed here. Uh, not fantasy related, but Alex Leatherwood got cut and he was the 17th overall pick last year. Like that is wild. They are clearing house over at the Raiders. Um, the Bears do pick him up off the waivers, so they actually keep his remaining, you know, three-year rookie uh, contract deal. But um, yeah, hopefully he does good with them. But man, that's that's a rough. Yeah, I, I haven't seen an O-line cut that early in their career that was taken that high, to be honest. I haven't either. When you pay somebody that big of a rookie signing bonus, and you literally mm -hmm. just throw it in the trash can when that happens, because the next team doesn't have to pay that at all. It's just mm -hmm. a base salary. Yeah. So yeah, really big still potentially for the for the bears that need need line help desperately yeah for sure uh real quick some interesting trades here that happened near the deadline uh lavisca chanolt was traded from the jaguars to the panthers uh i actually think this is kind of interesting um, especially with uh you know robbie anderson is going to be the wide receiver too there he has been a little bit banged up lately and terrace marshall seems to be in matt rule's uh, doghouse so 
Um, yeah, LaVisca traded there, could get a revival. Uh, Jalen Rager traded to the Vikings for the fourth and a seventh rounder. So, you know, maybe he can work something out there, uh, not holding my breath for too long. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that was about it for the major trades. Um, O.J. Howard was cut by the Bills and looks like he's going to sign with the Bengals, but about that's about all I have for cuts and trades at the deadline. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely some surprises on that list. A couple of rookies we liked. You mentioned Tyler Beatty. Uh, there was a couple other surprises, but just a slight pat on my own shoulder here. My rookie RB15, Julius Chestnut, made the <laughs> roster from Sacred Heart University. That was the deepest cut I had, and I'm, I'm proud of that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident he's going to beat out Hassan Haskins for that backup role. And uh, it's on, baby. No, but uh, but anyways, that that was that was dumb. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think Dontrell Hilliard <laughs> is still there too. So uh, fuck him. <laughs> uh, it's all about the chestnut, baby. But anyways, yeah. uh, anything else you got for us, Nate? Uh, yeah, just moving on to some like new stuff. A uh, Jimmy G, a surprise, not cut oh, yeah. because he restructured his deal to stay with the 49ers. He now becomes uh, either the highest paid backup or one of the highest paid. It depends, you know, if you count incentives and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, he is a, a highly paid backup, and you know, it, it does throw a little bit of you know, you know, they do have that option if Lance really struggles and they feel like they can make the playoffs. You know, they do have that option to turn to Jimmy G. Uh, and, you know, it does add a little bit of pressure to Lance, I feel. But, um, yeah, obviously it's still Lance's job to, to lose here. Um, moving on, uh, Cliff Kingsbury said it's going to be a close call for Zach Ertz to play week one with a calf injury. So just keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, I mean, with him out and uh, Hopkins out, it could, you know, boost up some of the other pass catchers in that offense. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Kadarius Tony's back at practice looking good. He's hopeful for week one. So that's a bit of a relief after not practicing for a good long while. Uh, and Darren Waller has returned to practice. And it looks like uh, a lot of his recent absence could have been contract related. Uh, he recently changed agents and now he's back with the team. And, you know, I, I think, you know, a deal might be coming down the pipeline here. Um, a couple of guys that aren't doing so well. Miles uh, Sanders hasn't practiced in over two weeks now with a hamstring injury. So keep an eye on that. Um yeah, that was uh, – and Akers and Henderson are both full participants at practice again, so they're, they're both in the clear. But that is all I have for the vast news segment this time. All right, yeah, that was one of our longer ones, but obviously the week before the season uh, or two weeks before the season, whatever it is at this Cut point. But, uh, but, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into it then. Our values, our busts, our top dogs, so – We'll start with our values. We're going to start on a positive note. We're going to have one player at each position for this. Um, and, um, you know, value here, it's kind of akin to sleeper, but, you know, sleeper can have weird what round was he drafted in connotation. So we're just, you know, talking. He can, can be anywhere in the draft, but we just feel like, you know, they're a value at wherever they're being drafted. Um, and uh, so we will start it out. And I will start it out with my quarterback value baker mayfield so you know i had him ranked when we did our episode i think i had him ranked at 25 he's ecr 26 but at this point you know now that i know i mean i was pretty confident he was going to beat out uh darnold but there's pretty much no um you know going back and forth i mean darnold's injured for the first four weeks but even you know once once it's there i highly doubt there's going to be going back and forth um unless it's just catastrophic but honestly i feel like baker is set up really really nicely here DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's 2,500 yards right there if they're healthy all year. I mean, 
Um, so, you know, it's, it, they, there's a plethora of potential, uh, wide receiver twos, um, a little weak at tight end, I will say. Um, but their line is young and improving. It's been bad in the past, but it's starting to get better. Uh, they made, they drafted, uh, Charles cross this year, uh, left tackle to help sure that up. So honestly, I mean, I hate, hate this as a Falcons fan because they, you know, the Carolina Panthers have always kind of been the one team I can depend on that we're going to be better than. Uh, although that wasn't true last year, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that Baker is definitely going to be a big improvement. And I think, uh, you know, last year he was injured for most of the year, didn't really have a lot of uh, weapons once Odell was gone and obviously was never able to really connect with Odell when he was there. So, um, you know, I think this is a fresh start for him. I think he's the type of guy that, you know, especially playing Cleveland week one, I can go ahead and tell you start of the week, week one quarterback for Josiah Panther is going to be Baker Mayfield. Uh, go, going up against Cleveland and uh, you know like I said I think just what's what's around him is really really uh, it's a better situation as far as the pieces around him now the defense is nowhere near as good as Cleveland's defense so I'm not saying it's a better team but you know McCaffrey as far as a pass catching option is better than than, than Hunt and Chubb and uh, you know obviously DJ Moore I think is a very low maintenance receiver that I think him and him and DJ Moore can really do some magic together if it works out so Baker Mayfield, he's being like drafted basically quarterback 26. He's being drafted in the eighth and ninth round in the three redraft uh, startups I've done in the past week. Um, and uh, so, you know, I think that's a tremendous value. And he's being drafted as one of the last like surefire starters. So, you know, I'd be willing to take him above guys like, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff are both uh, ECR ranked above him. I'd take him above Mac Jones. I know Nate would have severe disagreements with that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, easily I could put him at like quarterback 22, 21. Uh, so five, six spots higher than his ECR. So Baker Mayfield, if he ends up being my quarterback too, I'm thrilled about it. I think he's a big time value. I have to disagree with you on this one. Uh, you know, I, I like you taking a stance here on your boy, but, uh, not yeah. giving up baby. He's I'm, I'm looking at his ADP and his ADP actually has him at QB 23, uh, ahead of Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Um, especially golf. Like, I just, I can't get behind that. Uh, and I, uh, looking at fantasy pros ADP that is, but yeah, I'm looking at that too. That's, that's strange, but, um, um, yeah, he's, he's at 23 on my, I have it at latest ECR, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess we uh, need to make sure we're looking at the same things, but yeah, I'm at 26 <laughs> on the one I'm looking at, but, but fair yeah. enough. 23, I said 22 or 21. So still rank him higher. Yeah, I, I have him more like, you know, around the 30 spot at QB. So, um, so yeah, think, I'm a good bit so, lower. There's no, so 30. Okay. You'd have to have Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, those guys aren't going to, we don't know that they're going to start all year. I mean, in my opinion, like, uh, I don't think there's any way he's in the 30s. I mean, I'm, I mean, you do have Deshaun Watson, I guess, ranked above him still. Um, but I mean, fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, I know that you probably did when we did our yeah, episode. I probably, I mean, you know, and I did that quarterbacks episode when Deshaun Watson still had like six games. Like the judge had just ruled on a six-game suspension. So with eleven games now, I'd probably move him below Baker. Um, so yeah, he he might move up into the late twenties for me. But yeah, him at QB twenty-three, um, I think is, you know, too high or you know just high enough. So yeah, I uh, don't think he's a value, but he may could return value. Yeah. And, you know, more so than one thing. And it, the thing about quarterback, especially in super flex, the value is so all over the place. Draft mm-hmm. draft. It's hard to really nail it down, but you know, yep. where his ECR is, it's like for, for me, 
you know, round nine was like as late as starting cornerbacks were, were going in this draft, mm. you know? So, I mean, it was, he was going with Davis Mills with Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, who's obviously injured and a lot of people have doubt, doubts about. So, um, you know, I just think that where he's going in that range, he's the clear guy that I would, I would rather have. And it makes me more confident that I can wait a little bit longer, you know, get that stud quarterback one and super flex. And then you can, you know, wait a little bit longer to this range down here. And Baker's my favorite of this range, but. Uh, but fair enough. Uh, go ahead and give us your value quarterback. Well, you see, I like your thought process here because um, I, I, I think you should have the same approach and take another quarterback in this range. However, the quarterback you take in this range should be Jared Goff. Uh, this guy does not get enough credit as he deserves. His current ADP is QB 27. Uh, I moved him up to QB 20 with some of the recent news uh, with injuries and the Deshaun Watson deal. So, uh, yeah, his offense is much improved this year and should be better uh, second year in the system. Uh, he, they've got a lot more weapons. Uh, and this is a guy that's gone had back-to-back top five passing yard seasons. I mean, back-to-back years of over 4,600 passing yards. He, he can sling the ball. And if he has weapons to throw to, which it looks like, I mean, even if just like Swift and TJ Hawkinson play like most, you know, the vast majority of the year, that's already going to be a proven from last year, let alone the additions they've made. So yeah, I think golf isn't being drafted where he should. And uh, yeah, he had, he's another guy that has a secure job for the entire season. Um, and he's being taken behind guys like, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett and Deshaun and, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield and some instances. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe one of the reasons why we're looking at different things here is I think I'm looking at ECR and you might be looking at ADP, which it might yeah. be good. To, it might be good to have both resources here, but yeah, I just realized I'm looking at ECR. So that could, which is expert consensus rankings in, ca- in case anybody's. So this is an average of what all the experts have them ranked as, whereas Nate's looking at where they're being drafted at. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's okay. Yeah. I'm Cause going. yeah, for me at the expert consensus ranking, I have, um, I have Jared Goff here at 24. And you mm. said what 27. So, yeah. but I mean, I, I agree that he's, he's a decent one to take in this range as well. Um, uh, there's definitely plenty of upside with all the weapons on his offense. And yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have as much of a rebuttal for this one as much as you, I do have Baker Mayfield above golf, but, uh, but just cause I do think, you know, overall, um, I, you know, I, I, there's probably more weapons that Jared Goff has, but you know, I like mm. the, the ones that, that, uh, that Baker have are very high end and elite. That being said, one injury away, you know, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, then all of a sudden Baker's not looking, you know, quite, yeah. as, quite as hot. So I, you know, I can, I can agree with that. Definitely golf um, has job security as well. And yeah, uh, yeah it's so like, can, Swift, value it's like Swift isn't as good as a healthy McCaffrey, obviously, but it's a similar kind of, you know, running back, you know what I mean? Right. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. We have two guys kind of in the same range there. So, so They're both cool. values. Yeah. Being yeah. Right there around the same. So, and it just so happens that they are former players from our favorite teams, but ignore that. Let's, let's, you know, okay. I, I want to change this up. I want to go quarterback and then tight end for these, just because like, if not, we end on tight end and that's just lame. So uh, <laughs> let's just, let's do our, our tight end. We've got to build next. some excitement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll do our tight end value next. And for me, uh, this was, it was back in, I mean, th- he would have been my top dog, but I felt like he was a little bit more appropriate than, than the guy I'm going to have for this section, but it's David Njoku. Um, 
you know, the Browns, I mentioned this stat last week. I'll mention it uh, one more time, just in case, you know, you were like, oh, it's the tight ends episode. I'm going to skip it. But <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett um, has over a season worth of starts. And uh, you know, when, when you take those numbers, he targets tight ends uh, the third most of any quarterback in the NFL right now. So, uh, you know, he definitely uh, showed. And by the way, I couldn't remember the guy's name. It was Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle was the tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle mm-hmm. and Eric Ebron. He had two tight ends that he he made both of them tight end ones uh, the season that Jacoby Brissett was uh, was the quarterback for the Colts. So um, I think that, you know, David Njoku and honestly, Harrison Bryant will be a great compliment, but I don't think Harrison Bryant will necessarily be fantasy relevant this season, but David Njoku, I think he'll be the second target on the offense right now. I mean, I do have a little bit of hope for DPJ. I think DPJ is going to start the season as the wide receiver too. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if David Njoku is, is more targeted and he can do so much after the catch. He really can. He's being, um, his ECR right now is uh, 17. So very, very late. Uh, he's being drafted in the 12th and 13th in the three drafts that I've done. I've been doing. So just a crazy value. Like this is the type of thing where if I miss out on my top eight um, tight ends, if I just keep getting sniped every round or I just never decide to take one, I'm I'm just going to wait till round 12 or 13 and get, get Mr. Njoku here because I really do think he'll be dependable game to game with the upside of having, you know, 20, you know, 25 point games when he gets touchdowns and long breakout runs. So uh, I love David Njoku. I've gotten him in two of my three start uh my startups redraft so far. Uh so that is my value title. Nice. I like it. I'm also big on Njoku as a value this year. So I think yeah, he he honestly could end up as like the first target for the Browns over Amari Cooper. I still think Amari Cooper's gonna outpace him in fantasy, but um yeah, Njoku has big upside, so I like that pick. Uh, I am going to go with a guy who has already had a breakout season in the past, and he's just not being valued anywhere close to where I think he should be. Uh, Tyler Higby has a current ADP of tight end 22, which is just ridiculous to me. I have him at tight end 10. Uh, so big 12 spot difference there. Uh, as I mentioned on last episode, again, if you skip the tight ends, because it's not, not that interesting, I wouldn't necessarily blame you, but uh, he was banged up for most of last year. They've kind of re- revealed that in recent interviews, and he should have a more consistent year this year. Uh, but he still finished as a tight end 13 last year. Uh, his worst year is 2020 as a tight end 18. In 2019, he was tight end eight. So these are all numbers that are above tight end 22, and he has legit tight end one upside. Uh, and he's get to gets to play healthy with Stafford now. Um, also, anyone that had any lasting concern about Jacob Harris, uh, he's also been waived. So, yeah, it's literally they're carrying two tight ends, and it's Tyler Higby is the lead dog there. So, um, yeah, he's he's being valued way too low in my opinion. So go get him. Yeah, I figured. I thought he might be your top dog, but I figured he'd be one or the other based off of our discussion last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there was a draft. He was drafted in this last one I did, but the draft I did before that, I'm pretty sure he went undrafted. So definitely you can, uh, yeah, the, the ECR that I'm seeing right here is 20. So, uh, still much later than you have him. I think I had him at 18 or 19, so not too far off, but I think you made a really strong case for me to maybe consider pushing him up a couple of spots. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I think Jacob Harris is really talented. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this is the year that there's kind of a changing of the guard. I would say that. I just one. said he, he got waived. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. Well, yeah. Who's the backup tight end? Uh, Kendall Blankton, I believe. 
Oh shit. Well, all right, cool. All right, Tyler <laughs> Higby. Tyler Higby wheels up, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I missed the missed the part where you said that a Jacob Harris got cut. Yeah, he he performed really well. That's surprising to me, but maybe he just wasn't cutting in training camp. So, um. All right. All right. Well, um. Why don't I let you go first here for the wide receivers? Ooh, wide receivers. Uh, I still got to call him a sleeper here because his ADP just has not come anywhere close to catching up to his potential. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. I'm gonna go. Oh. Gonna go as my value here. Uh, current ADP, I'm sure it's rising by the day, but current ADP is wide receiver 64, which makes him a wide receiver six when he has the upside to be a wide receiver two. And I think the volume to be at minimum a wide receiver four. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I think he's going to be at worst, you know, the wide receiver two in his offense and wide receiver two for Aaron Rodgers isn't a bad thing when there's no Devontae Adams across from you. So uh, love what I've seen from him in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers is just hyping praise upon him left and right, saying, you know, we're holding to a higher standard than normal rookies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's I, I think he's going to get a heavy target share from the beginning. He's helped by the fact that uh, Christian Watson hasn't been you know a big part of preseason with his injury. Uh, and he's taking the bull by its horn. So, um, yeah, I still believe in Watson for sure in Dynasty. But Dubs, I think, or Dobbs is going to have a very good year in redraft, I believe. So, uh, wide receiver 64, if he's going anywhere close to that, you should be taking him long before. Yeah, no, and that qualifies as a bona fide sleeper. Yeah, there's no – yeah, that's that. That's very late. In ECR, and I will say it also shows the variance. He has one of the highest variants of, of ranked. But in ECR, he's the – 88 Yee. so what? yeah yeah this is uh this is the type of stuff where you can go your last pick your last couple of picks currently especially in like a home league where guys might not be as sharp mm-hmm. uh, so or girl and girls uh but uh <laughs> but yeah so uh that's that's the, i like that pick a lot um it's definitely uh, you know taking the shot with one of those pick is 100 percent worth it and if he's not showing out on the field right away or whatever, you know, it's an easy drop and pick up whoever the week one breakout is. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like that pick a lot and you, you, there's almost no risk to taking them. Uh, so even if you want to reach, you know, in your third to last pick, you know, it's still, still probably a good value. So yeah, uh, I like that a lot. Definitely. Uh, my wide receiver is a little bit higher drafted, but still much lower drafted than he should be. And he would be a wide receiver one if, uh, you know, he wasn't injured at the end of last year. But it's Chris Godwin for me. Mm. Um, He's the uh, wide receiver 28 in ECR right now. I have him as wide receiver 21. Uh, And he's going as a late uh, seventh, early eighth round pick. Um, I've got him in two of my leagues. Um, Yeah, he's, you know, Mike Evans is going in like the third and fourth round. And don't get me wrong, I love Mike Evans. And I'm not necessarily saying that Mike Evans shouldn't go there. But if Chris Godwin was healthy, there would be a very strong argument that I would probably probably be making that Chris Godwin should be drafted ahead of Mike Evans. And, uh, you know, even if Chris Godwin missed the first week, even if he's there but has to work into it a little bit for the first couple of weeks, this wasn't an Achilles. This was an ACL. We've seen guys come back a lot faster than, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, I don't expect, you know, even if this is somebody that takes a couple weeks to turn on, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, it's going to be Brady's likely number one receiver. When he and Mike Evans are on the field, he is the more targeted receiver. And let's not forget that he's finished uh, a season without Tom Brady, with Jameis Winston as the wide receiver two or three in some leagues, depending on scoring format. So, uh, 
totally still has that upside. I mean, I don't see why he doesn't have that upside. Um, and you know, being drafted this late as you know, in, in the 28, the late twenties, uh, you know, that's, I I'll take him as a wide receiver two all day. And so, you know, I can wait until that wide receiver three range and get him there. So, uh, love Chris Godwin, perfectly happy to have to wait the week, first week or two. Cause we don't know yet. That is the, I think why he's being depressed, but you know, it's not going to be anything like he's not going to start out on the pup. We already know that. So, you know, minimum, he's going to miss three games. I'm still completely cool with that. As long as, uh, you know, you can just draft a little bit of wide receiver depth around him in case you need to start somebody in this place for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I have him a little bit lower. I'm moving him up a some because, like, I had Michael Thomas ranked ahead of him in our episode, and there's been nothing but bad things about him lately. So, uh, moving him down. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel like his ADP for me is about where it should be. Um, I yeah, uh, but I don't think he's like a guy that's not going to return value for you. Fair enough. Yeah. For me, I mean, he's going in like the early eighth round in two of the three drafts I did. The other one, he went in the seventh and, you know, um, the receivers going in the sixth round. I mean, I have him ranked above almost all of them. So, uh, so yeah, you know, you get like a round, round and a half of value there for me. So nothing quite, quite as deep as what you had. You definitely out, out, valued me but yeah, I, went, uh, I reached really deep on that one but it's really easy i guess just to get a what you know you can get one stud wide receiver and wait till the eighth round to get mm-hmm. chris godwin that's that's beautiful to me and fill in all those other positions so yeah and he's um, a proven asset too like i guess my only main concern is like a lot of times we've seen guys come back from the acl and it's just like they're not quite the same guy the first year and like the second year is when they really come on so um, that would be my only concern when you have someone as good as Mike Evans across from you. Like they're already very close and that could just kind of tips the favor. But yeah. if he just finishes anywhere near Mike Evans, then he's going to be a surefire high and wide receiver too. So, um, well, that, that statistic is even more true for Achilles tears and you seem to be pretty forgiving of those, my friend, but, uh, it's but... <laughs> been two years since Akers had his, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, all right, Gary, let's get in. Uh, I guess we got the running back, so you go ahead and uh, give us your value running back. Uh, yeah, value running back for me, this isn't like a mega value or anything, but I think Michael Carter is going really underrated. Uh, I've been moving him up a little bit. He's just apparently been impressive in preseason. He's still the RB1 for the Jets. Uh, ADP is RB38 when last year he was RB30. Uh, I know they've added Brees, but they've also added, you know, some really good offensive linemen and a lot of pieces to make the offense better. Um, you know, whether Zach Wilson are, is playing or not, I think this offense is going to be better, have, you know, more scoring opportunities. Uh, and yeah, even last year, like he had, you know, almost a thousand yards in 14 games as a rookie. So, um, you know, Brees has had a little bit of struggles in the preseason, not, you know, not being quite efficient, not, you know, picking always the correct hole on his runs, but, you know, he'll work his way in, but I think Carter's going to start off a little bit stronger than people, uh, think. And even if Hall does take over the early down work, uh, eventually I still think Carter will be the primary back, you know, coming out of the backfield. He had 36 receptions last year in 14 games, uh, and that was just as a rookie. So, uh, I feel like he's going underappreciated right now. So I'm, I'd be snagging Michael Carter up as a, a potential, you know, high end wide receiver four, uh, wide receiver three. Running back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Running back. Running back. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, basically, because <laughs> all he's going to do is catch passes. But uh, no. Uh, so I, I'll definitely push back on this one. Uh, it'll be interesting for later in our episode. 
but uh, mm. yeah, for Michael Carter, it's not that I think honestly, 38 where he's ranked is uh, that's fine for me. I'm not like way off of that. I do think he'll be valuable. Um, but I'll save most of the rest of my argument for later in this episode, actually. But yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him as a, as a running back three. That's what I will say. Um, you know, I think maybe for the first couple of weeks that could get you by, but I think, you know, at some point, um, it's, uh, it, it's not going to be getting you there, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I'll, that is the first one you've given that I disagree with. Um, I think, you know, where he's being drafted and there's actually a lot of guys, Kenneth Gainwell, Daryl Henderson, Naeem Hines that I'd much rather have over him. So yeah, I'd probably have him have him ranked a little bit lower than where he's My at. Gainwell love is well known. I did not want to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. I mean, you know, it, it's been a while since you brought him up, so I wouldn't be too mad if you had had Gainwell there, but, but no, that's fair enough. Fair enough for me. Uh, my running back value uh, another one that's a little bit earlier drafted, but still nothing crazy. He's uh, the ECR running back 25, uh, but he went as late as the running back 30 in a draft that I just did, and it's Chase Edmonds. Um, I think, you know, especially with this Sony being cut, I mean, it's basically Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert. Don't get me wrong, Raheem Mostert has had, you know, spurts in the past, but he's old, and he has literally almost every single season gotten a season-ending injury. So. Uh, I don't I honestly think Chase Edmonds is going to be the primary back, going to be on the field, going to get the pass catching work. I think he'll still get some early down work. I will say I don't know what's going to happen around the goal line. That'll be interesting to say to see because Chase Edmonds doesn't really profile as a goal line back. Um, but um, I still think where he's going, I mean, he's pretty much going to be an RB1 going as the RB30. And uh, and I mean, on his team, not an overall RB1, but uh, yeah, I have him, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, the ECR 25, uh, I have him at 22. So not too much higher in rankings, but he's going in the eighth round. And it's like, you know, if, if I really w- went a hero RB strategy and, you know, got it, got a running back in the first round, I'd be perfectly happy to get him in the eighth or the late seventh, you know? So, um, I honestly think he'll return, uh, you know, uh, running back to value. You got me want to say wide receiver now, but uh, running back to value, and uh, yeah, I think that he's he's being underdrafted by you know at least a round or so. So Chase Edmonds definitely a guy that I haven't managed to get any shares yet. Um, but I, I, there's been a couple times where I've either been really close or he he got taken just a couple spots before where I wanted him. So, uh, anyways, Chase Edmonds value running back. Yeah, I like this pick as well. Um, you know, Chase Edmonds has shown a lot last year with the Cardinals, and now he should step into that primary role. So. Uh, I have his ADP at RB34, and he could definitely finish his RB2 this year. So, 34. Wow, that that is very late. That's even later. Yeah, like I said, he went. The latest I saw him go in a draft I did was the RB30, mm. but even still, I mean, I have him, you know, at at uh, at yeah. 22. Like I said, so eight spots higher there. So. Yeah. And with the Sony news, it's probably rising. But um, but yeah, yeah. that that could be fair. That that, that very well might be the case. Um, mm. but uh hurry up and listen to this episode and then draft before it gets too high. But uh, Chase Edmonds for now is my uh, value RB. Definitely, uh, you know, who I would have said, it's my second guy that I was going back and forth with, I do just want to say is Daryl Henderson. Uh, but mm. I think that's going to be similar reasons. That's going to, my Daryl Henderson is going to be your, uh, your, your Michael Carter. And uh, we'll see why here in a minute, but uh, let's get into our, bust we're going negative now we're talking about the guys that we're avoiding not going to draft at their value 
um, and we'll get into why. So we started with quarterback last time. We'll do the same now. And this is going to be the one position I'm going to come straight forward. All right, listen, this was my bust for the Dynasty episode. Uh, but it was really hard. Look, honestly, the quarterback rankings are pretty solid this year. Like, I, I'm in line with them pretty, pretty, you know, for the most part. I could only find guys that I was a couple of spots off of. But I was able to find one person that I was, you know, more than just two or three spots and a guy that is, you know, uh, ranked very high. Um, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers currently at the uh, ECR of quarterback 12. I have him at 16. Um, I know that he is the great Aaron Rodgers. I still think there'll be, you know, a passable offense, but they just said there's just news. They're going to have wide receiver by committee. And, I, you know, it's he doesn't have a solid number one option to go to, at least at first. Maybe that will emerge. Maybe it will be Romeo Dubs, like uh, Nate, you know, is hoping with his value pick there. But I'm just not as confident as really anybody on this team. Obviously, there was a lot of hope for Christian Watson. It's been a really weird, quiet offseason. I mean, he, he's injured, but yeah, there's been, you know, a lot of a lot of people really high on him and all of a sudden nobody's talking about him. So I would still, you know, watch out for Christian Watson when he lands, could end up emerging as that number one uh, wide receiver. But even still, it's just, it's not going to be, it's not going to be Devontae Adams. And here's the thing. They don't have like a number two. That's like, it's like, if you, if the Chargers lose Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams. That's, that's not what happened in this case. Now it's just a field of unproven guys. And Alan Lazard is going to be expected to be, you know, the 1500 yard receiver that, that Devontae Adams is. And, you know, maybe that'll be distributed amongst a bunch of the guys, but I just don't see him getting the touchdowns, getting the yardage that he does in the past. And, you know, at the, this point in his career, he's still mobile in the sense that he can scramble around in the pocket. But, you know, I'm, I'm not hoping for much as far as his legs. So if he's throwing for less touchdowns, that's a really big deal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's four spots. It was hard to kind of find a quarterback that I was way off of. Um, but, you know, wouldn't want him as my quarterback one. I think a lot of people – and there's been two, two drafts that I've done where people have drafted him as a quarterback one. Uh, for me, I'm just not confident there if he's definitely a very safe quarterback, too, in my eyes. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to bust in the sense of, you know, not be valuable at all. But I just think where he's being drafted is a little bit too high. I mean, he's been drafted in the second round. Now, both of these drafts are very high, six-point passing touchdown quarterback. You know, quarterbacks were flying off the board. But he went in the second round, and I'm just – I'm not touching Aaron Rodgers in the second round. So, uh, for me, that is my bust quarterback. So do you think so? You don't think he's going to finish as a QB one this year? I don't have him ranked that way. Quarterback. I don't have him ranked that way. No. Oh man. I mean, here's the thing: injuries and shit like that could could change that. You know, if four guys that I've ranked above him get injured, or if even if two did, and maybe he does a little bit better. So I'm not saying I, but I think that there were there's twelve guys that I like better, definitely. So. Um, so, you know, for me, I know it's bold because Aaron Rodgers is the great, the other guy I was considering was Tom Brady because of the, uh, the offensive line struggles and things, but I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't call Tom Brady the bus. So I had to go to the other goat and go with Aaron Rodgers and strike at the gods. Uh, well, sorry to disagree with you again, but I think hey, it's no. a bad pick. I think him and Brady are bad picks for that. I mean, look, I understand he's losing Adams, but like he's performed without Adams in the past and games he hasn't been there and like not for a whole season. Yeah, I understand that, but like he's shown that he can adapt and like get you know spread it out to other guys. And I think they're going to target the running backs a lot more this year as well. But 
Uh, I mean, he was QB five in points per game last year. He's currently going at QB 10 and ADP. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't get on board with this. I'm sorry. I think he'll finish as a QB one. Yeah, no, that's fair. I have him at 16. So if you have him at 10, I had him at 12. So 10 is even, you know, later than, than I have him. So, uh, I mean, earlier than I have him. So even more, uh, I'm not going to be touching him. You know, he was my bust in dynasty as well. Um, I think dynasty, there's a much more clear case. I think a lot more people are excited about Aaron Rodgers. So this will definitely be one that you're not the only one that, that will give me pushback, but, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, last year I, you know, Matt Ryan was my best quarterback and, he, you know, we were kind of arguing about this earlier before the episode, but he pretty much busted. He was a very, very late back end quarterback too. And that, you know, wide receivers could have averaged more points per game than him. So well, he um, also had his best wide receiver suspended, which no one, you know, knew at the time or predicted. So Michael Pittman was suspended. We're talking oh, about I'm last sorry. year, I'm, my man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Michael, Michael. Yes, that is true with the Calvin Ridley thing. That is true. But yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't expect that to happen, but, you know, um, even still, uh, yeah, this year it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Strike at the gods. Let's go. Yeah, you're, you're playing with fire here. Uh, I, I'm going to go with a guy that's much less proven, and, uh, man, it's, it's going to be Justin Fields for me in the bus section here. Um, his current ADP is QB 17. Uh, I have him at QB 29. I mean, he's going ahead of guys like Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Jameis Winston. Um, you can miss me with all of that. I want to have all those guys ahead of Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, last year he was QB 41 in points per game. Like not, you know, not total or anything, like not accounting for the games he wasn't starting. Like he was QB 41 in points per game, uh, which was worst among all rookie quarterbacks who started any games last year. Uh, on paper, I'd say his offense has only gotten worse. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy's gone, so that's an improvement uh, from the coaching perspective. But, you know, as far as his weapons and everything go, I definitely don't think they got any better. Um, yeah, I, I can't get behind this. I mean, I understand he has rushing upside, but I don't think it's anywhere close to enough to save him. Um, last year, he averaged 35 rushing yards per game. Uh, yeah, and it clearly wasn't enough to save him last year from being the worst rookie that started. So, yeah, Q, you know, going to QB seventeen, I, I think that's way too high. I think you're gonna get bit if you do uh, if you take Fields that high. Yeah, no, this is interesting. I came really close to having Fields as my top dog, so um, the, you definitely I disagree with you. He's not my top dog. It was a little too risky, but I have drafted him in two of my three leagues so far. I do have two more redrafts to go, so we'll see. But. Um, yeah, man, it's here's the thing. So I, what I'll say is I've drafted him as the quarterback 21 and 22 in the two leagues I've got him, got him. So 17 is a little bit higher. I think that's around where I have him ranked, like 16, 17. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm right there with consensus. But I just think for me, you know, somebody like Trey Lance, who I'm a big fan of, I'm kind of scared off of and redraft because he's going as like a quarterback one, quarterback 10, quarterback 11, like that high in a lot of these drafts. And I just feel like Justin Fields, although the weapons are not quite as elite, you know, Moody and Komet are kind of a poor man's Kittle and, and Debo. And uh, I think that uh, it, Justin Fields has shown tremendous improvement. I mean, he was one of the highest rated preseason quarterbacks. Now I know that preseason is not going to be, you know, equivalent to the level that's going to be on the field every Sunday. But I, th I think he's definitely shown a lot of improvement. I know that you said they haven't really improved the offense. We'll see. They brought in a lot of guys that could be a wide receiver too. 
Brian Ping- Pringle, they obviously drafted Bayless Jones. Hey, Pringle had some moments. With okay, but none of these guys are like Allen Robinson. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, none of them. Well, they might. They're they're better than Allen Robinson on the Bears last year. But Maybe. we'll see. If, we'll see if he turns it around. I'm sure. I'm, I bet you'll be talking about him later as well. But um, yeah, I uh, I just. I, I really think that uh, where he's at, I'm willing to take that swing on that upside. And I agree. There's definitely bust potential because it is one of the, you know, less starred, uh, studded offense, studded offenses on the NFL. Thank you for the word there. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just, I, I think where he's being drafted for a quarterback to you for a big upside for a chance to, if he does, you know, become a good quarterback if he does is able to swing. And for me, look, I liked him coming out of college better than Lance. It wasn't until Lance got drafted to the 49ers that I put Lance over him. I think his arm is better than Lance's. And I hate to be making a case against Lance right now. I hate that this is the argument I'm going to. But I think Fields is a much better value in drafts than Lance. So I know you don't like either one of those guys, so that means nothing to you. But I will say that, like, if you want to take that big ups, upside swing, there's not a guy that really has the rushing upside past that. You can maybe make a case for Daniel Jones, but, I mean, not like Justin Fields. He's not the athlete that Justin Fields is. So he is kind of the last chance at getting that Konami code guy. And we got to remember guys like Lamar were drafted in this range once before uh, for much of the same reasons. And, you know, Lamar wasn't a crazy stud quarterback in the couple of games he started at the end of the first season that he got on the field. It wasn't until his first season that he really, you know, became the Lamar. I'm not calling Justin Fields Lamar, but I am saying that, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities uh, and we got to give him a little bit more time to develop than, than one season, especially with the Matt Nagy uh, catastrophe. So I, I'm much more in on fields, but you know, that'll be, that'll be one we'll have to keep an eye on. I don't have him as my top dog. So not quite as, uh, you know, controversial for this episode, but, but that's all right. So Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields are our busts. Uh, well, why don't you go ahead and give us our, your tight end, Nate? Ooh, tight end. Yeah, this is tough. Cause I don't have any guys that are like majorly apart from consensus. Uh, you know, Higby was kind of the reverse where it was big value, but, um, yeah, I've kind of been a repeat, you know, Warner of Dawson Knox. I'll say his name, right. Uh, you know, I just don't think he's going to have anywhere near the tight end or touchdowns he had last year. Um, you know, they did get rid of OJ Howard. They did cut him. So a little bit less competition. So that's good for him. Uh, his current ADP is tight end 10. I have a feeling that'll probably rise a little bit. And I just, you know, maybe as a very late, late, you know, you know, tight end one, but I would be more comfortable having his, him as a tight end two with, you know, some upside there. So yeah, um, bust for me would be Dawson Knox just because I feel like in a lot of drafts he's getting taken higher than tight end 10, but uh, it feels like some people are starting to catch on. Yeah, I like this pick because he was almost my bust tight end. So, mm. um, yeah, we've talked about it before. It's just the tight end, uh, the, the touchdown dependency. O.J. Howard getting cut does give me a little bit more pause to call him a bust, mm. but it's just he just wasn't targeted uh, anywhere near – you know, guys that are typically, you know, top seven, top eight tight ends. And, and what did you say you had his, his ADP at? Uh, tight end 10. 10, yeah. I have his uh, ECR here at uh, 12, so a little later. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, you know, I have, think I have him at 13, so I'm still kind of off of that. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I agree. I think people are starting to lower on him. I did a draft like a week and a half ago, and – he went in like the sixth or the seventh. And then both of the drafts I've done recently, I think he was in the eighth or the ninth. So 
definitely starting to drop, but um, still, I don't really want a piece of them. I mean, if I'm not getting the top, I've already really mentioned this, but if I'm not getting the top six tight ends, I'm either getting uh, David Njoku as my value tight end, or I'm getting my top dog tight end who I will get into later. But um, yeah, definitely not going to be getting any Dawson Knox either. So don't mind that pick at all. Uh, Zach Ertz for me is going to be my tight end bust. Uh, and here's what's going to be interesting about it. I bet he's going to start out hot now. <laughs> that might not happen if he's not healthy. I, I, I did this before I saw the news that that he was injured, so I'm sure he will take a knock because of that. But um, currently he's, he's uh, ECR tight end nine. Uh, he went as the tight end eight in the last draft I did. I just – I like Trey McBride. I think he's old. I thought Zach Ertz was old last year and he still, you know, ended up um, doing something. But, and when I say old, it's not about his age. I think he's washed is what I'm trying to say. I don't think he has the talent that he used to have, uh, but he was able to catch passes, had sure hands and get, get some touchdowns last year. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, six weeks, I understand that's a nice little start, but once D hop is back, there's, there's Marquise Brown, there's Rondell Moore, uh, you know, there James Connor has been a back that's caught some passes. So I just don't really think there's going to be, there's going to be so many targets, uh, that he's not really going to be looked to very often. And we often also have to keep in mind that by the end of the year, Trey McBride could usurp him because I really do believe in the talent of Trey McBride. So, um, all that being said, especially now the case that he might not even be healthy for week one, no Zach Ertz for me, and uh, he's at uh, tight end nine in ECR, and I have him at tight end 12, so three spots off. That's a lot for tight ends. There's only like 12 guys that even fucking matter, so uh, three spots is a pretty significant drop there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I have a little more trust in him because it doesn't seem like it's a long-term injury or anything, but, um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see him losing out snaps, especially with the young guy, Trey McBride, catching on maybe towards the end of the year. So we shall have to see. Yes. Yes, we shall. Um, all right. So next we'll do our wide receiver. So Nate, give us your best wide receiver. Oh, I know we're going to disagree on this one. So we'll just get right into it. Uh, current ADP of wide receiver six. I have him at 12 spots lower than that at wide receiver 14. I think if you are taking Bebo Samuel as your as a wide receiver one, it is a mistake. Uh, he has finished one season as anything better than a wide receiver four, and that was last year when he had an absurd amount of rushes and rushing touchdowns. Uh, I don't foresee that happening again. Uh, I also think Lance is probably a negative, and especially in PPR leagues. Um, so yeah, last year fantastic season. Finishes the wide receiver two, like I said, had you know eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, I mean, it's just a fantastic year. The year before, he was wide receiver forty-four in points per game and wide receiver seventy-one overall. Uh, the year before that, he was wide receiver thirty-eight in points per game and wide receiver thirty-four overall. So I just, I, I just think it's a recipe for getting bit, and uh, I just don't see him repeating on kind of a historic you know rushing season last year. And the quarterback situation doesn't help. I actually thought about knocking him lower in my rankings, but honestly, like the Jimmy G resigning does a restructuring of his contract does kind of help. It, it in in that if Lance is just like does come out and is just absolutely awful, can't distribute the ball, they don't score, like it's just a terrible shit show. Like you do have a floor in that. I do think they would switch over to Jimmy G and he'd be able to do like a better job. So I I think there is a little bit of saving grace there. Um, if Lance was just, you know, terrible to start, but, 
Um, but yeah, Debo Samuel, I just don't think uh, people are factoring in his prior years as much as they should. And, you know, kind of the outrageous you know amount of touchdowns he had on the ground. So we'll see what happens, but I definitely don't think he's going to return value wide receiver six. Definitely, definitely disagree with you there. Um, quick question. Do you have this in PPR scoring and and yeah. on, on the, on the fantasy? Okay. Cause yeah, for me, he's at 10. So, but, um, but that, you know, that being said six, I have him at six. So it's not a, <laughs> I don't disagree with that ranking at all. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, Debo is near and dear to my heart. He was my most owned wide receiver last year um, because everybody thought Ayuk was going to be the guy and boy, were they wrong. I never saw him being a top three wide receiver, um, but he proved that he very well could be. Is he going to get less rushing yards? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I definitely think that's going to happen. Uh, is he going to get a lot more screen passes and, and, you know, slant routes and short, I, I, I totally think he's going to be the most targeted receiver. Um, and, you know, they paid him such that he's going to have to be. So, I mean, you know, I understand that he might not get as much wide uh, running back work, but he's going to get, in my opinion, more wide receiver work and still going to get the running back work. So even if he got 10, 20 less cut t- t- uh, catches than some of these other guys, if he has four rushing touchdowns, which is completely projectable, is nothing crazy to project, that easily makes up for that. So, I mean, for me, it's just the upside and the fact that when you're watching it, and, you know, maybe this is a dumb reason, but when you're watching a 49ers game, every single play, no matter the formation, Debo Samuel can get the ball. And there's just not many players that that you feel like, you know, no matter what the formation on the field, unless he's just not on the field, that, that your, your player can't be the, the guy that they're targeting in that play. So um, I really think he's going to be, you know, get 120 targets, at least 100 easily, and then whatever rushing yards he gets. Can Trey Lance make those targets valuable? I guess that is the solid argument, but I think he will. So definitely disagree, but we've disagreed about Debo for a while, so no surprises there. Um, for me, my best wide receiver is going to be Mr. A.J. Brown. So currently... I have him at uh, wide receiver 11 uh, in ECR. Um, I have him at uh, 14. Um, and I honestly could, there's a couple of guys that I have ranked, uh, you know, below him that I'm tempted to draft above him when I'm actually on the board. I haven't drafted him yet uh, because he's normally going around before I would even consider taking him. Um I think he's a very talented wide receiver, but I don't think that just because he's there, all of the sudden the Eagles are going to be able to to make a top 12 wide receiver plus whatever Devontae Smith is supposed to be plus a top six tight end. Like they have, everybody has all these players ranked so high and look, I love Jalen Hurts, but he's not going to pass for 4,000 yards. He's not going to pass for 4,000 yards. So I just, I can't see how everybody has all of these players simultaneously ranked so high. Me personally, I'm a little bit higher on Devonte Smith than a lot of people. So for me, I just think that Smith is going to get a little bit more work. And I think there's a 20% chance that Smith is the more valuable receiver hands down, but they did pay him a lot of money. They did bring him on. Of course, him and Jalen Hurts seem to have developed this relationship. So I would bet my money on AJ Green, uh, sorry, AJ Brown, diff- wrong color, uh, being the, uh, the, the wide receiver one. But I mean, uh, I just don't think there's going to be enough volume for him. I think he's not really like a target hog, get the ball, you know, on short routes type of guy, typically. Um, I mean, he can do a lot with the ball in his hands, but um, so can Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith, in my opinion, is the superior route runner. It's just that A.J. AJ Brown has the body and the size. So um, I'm just not as high on A.J. Brown. I'm probably not going to have any of them. 
And yeah, like I said, I have him at 14. I have a, you know, a want to push him a little bit further down, but he is very talented and is one of the top 12 most talented wide receivers. I agree, but I just don't think the situation is going to be as conducive, uh, you know, even at the tight Titans where, you know, Derrick Henry is the center of that offense, but he was the far and away number one target. And I just don't think that's going to be happening anymore. So uh, AJ Brown bust receiver. Yeah, I, you know, I could see him finishing a little lower than ADP. I'm not sure, but I, I do have to push back on, like, I think Jalen Hurts is a very real chance to get 4,000 or more passing yards this year. Uh, I mean, last year he was on pace to finish with over 3,500 in a 17-game span. And, you know, that was with his only good receiver being a rookie, Devontae Smith. And they traded Zach Hurts away in the middle of the season. So, um, yeah, I, I think he can definitely reach that. And I do think that offers a little bit more upside for Brown. But uh, I could see where he, you know, in year one with a new offense doesn't quite live up to the hype. Where, where do you have him ranked? I have him in redraft. He is well, – give me a second to go look at my rankings. Uh, wide receiver 11. Okay. And I like them a lot more in dynasty. I mean, but in redraft, you know, a lot of times it takes time for these guys to get adapted to a new system. We'll see if that's the case or not, but uh, yeah, AJ Brown is just hands off for me. Uh, So um, got our wide receivers there. AJ Brown, Devo Samuel, same draft class, some really big names, Mm. maybe I low on them. Uh, So who is your bust running back? Oh boy. I'm going back to my old punching bag here. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh, come on. Come right on down. Like the ninth round. (laughs) He's so depressed. He is currently ADP is RB25. Miss me with that. That's where I have him, yeah. Yeah, sorry. He is literally going ahead of uh, guys like A.J. Dillon, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds. Damian Pierce. I'd rather have all those dudes over Clyde. Last year, Clyde was RB 30 in points per game, but he finished as RB 46 because he's tiny and he can't stay healthy. And honestly, Jared McKinnon outplayed him at the end of the year. Uh, That backfield is more talented now. They've added the preseason sensation, Isaiah Pacheco, Uh, you know, Ronald Jones, who held onto a roster spot is, you know, decent in first and second downs. I just see his role being whittled away. There are guys that are better pass catchers than him. There are guys that are more athletic than him and better runners. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, especially him going RB25, I'm not doing that at all. So, sorry, Clyde. Uh, I was hoping I didn't have to pick on you again, but your ADP rose too much. You flew too close to the sun. Yeah, I mean, look, as a former Clyde touter, I can't. I can't be that anymore. So, yeah, you won't catch as strong of an argument as I once would have had. But I will say, look, here's he's, I have him at 25. I'm right there with consensus. I have drafted him once as my RB3. Um, I just uh, – I think that he's going to have a safe baseline of work. I don't think he's going to be completely off the field. And in that offense, it's still obviously very enticing – uh, even without uh, Tyreek Hill, maybe the offenses or sorry, defenses will be able to key, key in on the run a little bit more, uh, which isn't good news for Clyde because even when they weren't, uh, he wasn't super successful. Although he did have stretches, I mean, he, he I mean, you know, yeah, some pretty, games and pretty, pretty consistently, if I recall, you know, was averaging over four yards a game until he got um, 
or four yards of carry. <laughs> over four just yards. Just over four yards a game. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I look, I don't think he's gonna be a breakout star. I think he's a very safe RB three. I think he has the upside to finish as a back end RB two. So I'm not gonna sit here and you know shake my fist at you. There's definitely a world where he doesn't get enough work to finish as the RB twenty five. I agree, but I don't think he's going to be wiped off the face of the map. I don't know how far down the list you would have him, but, you know, right, I think. So what, real quick, would you take him ahead of A.J. Dillon? Probably not, no. Damian Harris? Yes. Because uh, I think Ramondre is the guy to have in there. Kareem Hunt? Mm, if, if I needed um, floor, I would go Kareem. If I needed upside, I would go. I would go see you. Oh, Kareem Hunt's finished as a RB1. I mean, yeah, in a completely different situation, but there have been trade talks, so he could, you know, uh, I yeah, I that, that would be that would be a, a good that's a yeah. good line for me because I it's a hard decision there. But yeah, I mean uh, Damian Pierce, I would take him above Damian Pierce. I mean uh, you mentioned another that. another hard decision. Your old love Clyde or your new love Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Okay. All right. So yeah, just like all these guys are going behind him in ADP. So yeah, I just, I gotta, and maybe yeah, there are I'm, guys ahead of him that you would prefer to have behind him. So maybe there's some flip-flop there, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I have him at 25 as well, right there on consensus, but yeah, there's a lot of those guys you named, um, you know, and even Ramondre, I had him ranked beneath, but now I've kind of started to raise on him enough to where I might take Ramondre over him, but. Yeah. Cause uh, Ramondre is way behind him. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but uh, Ramondre was almost my uh, value value RB, but I felt like the, the value was rising that so mm-hmm. I couldn't, couldn't really yep. say that, but anyways. Um, all right. Well, my bust running back is Mr. James Conner. He is currently ECR number uh, running back 15 um, draft. I just did. He was drafted as the running back 13. He's going in the fourth round in all three drafts I did. No, dead zone, dead zone. This is this is what this is it. He's old. He was touchdown dependent, and there's a. I mean, you can argue that there's nobody like crazy threatening his workload, but there's a lot of potential uh, people that can take his workload. I mean, I'm Darrell Williams made the roster, baby. He's still there. Uh, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of hype on. Um, oh, what's the third down yeah, back? You know, Benjamin. You know, Benjamin. Yes, thank you. Yep. Keontae Ingram, uh, course, made Keontae it. Ingram also made it. So there's just so much going on in that backfield. I think James Conner lost a step last season. He was saved by two things, pass catching and insane touchdowns. And he's not going to have the insane touchdowns. He might have the pass catching, but there could be another running back that eats into that a little bit more like an Eno Benjamin. So for me, I have him at 19 four spots off, but I'm definitely not taking him in the fourth round. I might take him at the end of the fifth, but I mean, like there's guys like Josh Jacobs, uh, Elijah Mitchell that are going after him that, I mean, uh, Elijah Mitchell might be tough, but definitely Jacobs I'm taking, uh, David Montgomery is going after him. Like, it's just, there's no way, man. Like, uh, I just, this is the dead zone running back that you want to avoid every year. This is that Todd Gurley, that, uh, Kenyon Drake last year. I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's always there's always the guys in the four through six, and like about one out of five of them are going to work out for you. And he is not one of those guys. So staying away from James Conner, not getting him anywhere near uh, running back thirteen through fifteen, where I've been seeing him go. Yeah, uh, looking at his ADP, he is uh, RB fifteen. I have him as RB sixteen. So kind of right. 
there with uh, ADP, so not far off. But, yeah, I mean, last year he finished as RB5. I definitely see a lot of regression this year, like you mentioned. Um, and it is a crowded backfield. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just – I think he offers enough, you know, PPR, you know, floor to, to be – fairly safe as an RB2, but yeah, there are a lot of good guys going behind them that I might have to consider. Yeah. No, yeah, man, I won't be getting any of them, but uh, if you want to take the shot, that's a free, free space for me. Yeah. I'm a little lower than ADP, but yeah, just uh, not too far off. Nice, but nice. Good call there. Well, let's get into the fun part. All right. We're going to really, these are, we're calling our shots. So these are the ones we hold near and dear to our heart. I would rather most of these players do good than some of my own fantasy teams, just so that I can say that I was right on, on this segment. Uh, these are our top dogs. This is our favorite value at every position. The guy that we're really going to be targeting uh, based on where they're going. And um, yeah, these are the guys we're really staking our claims on, you know, other, other podcasts and analysts do something similar, but we're the fantasy football dogs. So we have our top dogs. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. We'll start out with quarterbacks. For me, my top dog at quarterback is the quarterback who is the ECR ranked quarterback 20. And he's been going consistently in the fifth and sixth round. I'd take him in the late third or fourth, probably. And it was my bust quarterback last year. So how things have changed, if you haven't guessed yet, it's my former quarterback, Matt Ryan. Uh, last year he was my bus quarterback for a number of reasons. Uh, even before I knew Calvin Ridley was going to be dumb and gamble and, uh, well, he had mental health problems before that, to be fair, but, mm-hmm. uh, he actually didn't get suspended. He just had mental health problems. Like he, he yeah, just he was sitting out games and yeah, he didn't get suspended till this, this off season. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I obviously couldn't have predicted that, but even with him there, you know, I know that we had just drafted Pitts, but there was just a complete lack of weapons, and we have one of the worst offensive lines. Talking about the Falcons here. So that's why I was so low on him. I mean, I had him ranked in my 20s, and, you know, a lot of people were having him in the 12 to 15 range, um, and I just wasn't seeing that. Uh, So, But this year, he is my top dog because, wow, are the Indianapolis Colts a much better situation. And I know what you're thinking. They said the same thing about Carson Wentz. I would put my life – Every dime I have that Matt Ryan ha- is, was, and will always be a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, you can make an argument they both had MVP seasons, but Matt Ryan's was better. And well, and Carson Wentz never had his; he got injured. So yeah, he just had an MVP. Yeah, he was leading the right, right, right. So yeah, you know, um, I just I can't. Um, I can the line. Obviously, the line is the first thing. That's the biggest change. And then he has guys like Michael Pittman. They just drafted Alex Pierce. Uh, they uh, have Paris Campbell, who apparently has been a training camp star, just can't stay healthy. But if he can, that's a great third option. Um, and I'll be uh, paced that for like the last three years. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you just, <laughs> so yes, just, that's just a clip from 2019. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then on top of all that, he has Jonathan Taylor. So mm-hmm. far and away, look, the Falcons didn't have anything close to a Jonathan Taylor. The Falcons mm-hmm. didn't have anything close to a Michael Pittman, especially once Calvin Ridley was gone after the second or third game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Falcons didn't have anywhere close to the offensive line they had. Yeah, Quentin and the, Nelson. <laughs> and the Falcons don't have anywhere close to the depth of wide receiver that the, that the Colts have. All of mm-hmm. that put together, 
Matt Ryan's statistics, he was the number one rated quarterback under pressure. Now, mainly because every pass he threw was probably <laughs> under pressure, but uh, he he was really he did the best he could last year. And his his low fantasy rating wasn't because he sucks. It wasn't because he was washed. It's because he was on the one of the worst teams and the worst situations you can be in. And this is completely different now. You know, looking back on it, I was sad when we lost Matt Ryan, but it's 100% the best thing for the player. And I think he's going to tear it up this year. He's going as the quarterback 20. I have him at 15. Uh, and, like, you know, there's guys – I mean, he's going pretty late. I mean, for me, like, he's the same thing as, like, a Derek Carr, as, like, a Kirk Cousins. And those guys are going three rounds above him in these drafts. So, for me, it's just so easy to wait on that quarterback two and get Matt Ryan. If I was to get really bold, I haven't done this. But if I was to get really bold, I would go zero QB, uh, if you will, in Superflex and wait until the fifth or sixth round to get Matt Ryan as my quarterback one and then try to just get a really, really solid high upside quarterback two. But, I mean, that's how confident I am that he'll just be dependable week to week. Might have a capped upside compared to some other people. That's part of the reason why I wanted to put Fields here. But I just think, you know, at the end of the year, it's, uh, it's a lot more likely that I'm happy that I chose Matt Ryan than, than it is Fields. So uh, Matt Ryan, top dog quarterback, the switch up of the century from bust to top dog. Yeah, I like this a lot. Uh, he's, like you said, in a much better situation, especially for a pocket passer like him. And uh, you said, I think he was a QB 20. I mean, last year was like his worst year and God knows how long, probably a decade. Like it's, it was just terrible, you know, horrible. He was QB 19 last year. So if you expect him to do the same or better, then he's he's beaten ADP. Uh, so, yeah, really good pick there. Uh, I like it. And I also have him in some leagues. So good, good choice. Yes. <laughs> well, I am going to go with another Matt here. It's going to be Matt Stafford. You know, these are guys that we love. These are guys that we think can be really good at their position and that, you know, we end up with a lot in drafts. And I definitely end up with a lot of Matt Stafford. Uh, currently, the QB 12 and ADP, uh, I have him at QB 7. That's where he finished last year. And, yeah, his offense this year is as good, if not better. I mean, Allen Robinson is a fantastic red zone threat. He's definitely better than injured players, you know, like Robert Woods was. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have him. They have uh, Cam Akers back. You know, Tyler Higby is healthy. And Cooper Cup is there. And it's the second year in the offense for him. So, I don't see him regressing too much. I definitely see him beating his ADP. Uh, and I feel like he's a pretty safe pick. A lot of people are kind of freaking out about the elbow thing, but I mean, there's been nothing about that. He's been practicing like normal, throwing like normal, looking good like normal. So yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Matt Stafford if you want to wait a little bit to get your QB one. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's a fantastic pick here. So top dog for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that might be who it was. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good pick. I have him a spot above ECR as well. So, you know, I like him there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't really have the only negative I can throw on that is yeah, the elbow, but really just from a larger picture, he's just kind of chronically always nicked up. Now he plays through it a lot of times, but a lot of mm-hmm. times you do kind of see the difference on the field. Like he's, he's hurt to the point where his, his performance is impacted and he still plays through it. So that's kind of the only thing, but that's, you know, you can't really predict that. That's just something that's happened in the past. And, uh, you know, with the elbow coming in the preseason, it's just like, oh, God, here we go. But that being said, I'd still 100% take him as a quarterback one. I mean, I don't have him ranked quite as high as you, but, you know, definitely high enough to agree with the sentiment of what you're saying. So, um, 
yeah, agree with you there. Um, go ahead and give us your top dog tight end. Oh boy. Uh, I just, I have him in so many leagues. I can't pick anyone else than this guy. Cause he has the legitimate chance to be the tight end one this year. It's Kyle Pitts, man. Just he's unguardable. Like everything you see from him in the preseason, his like, and Jalen Ramsey's going to put that, you know, theory to the test in week two when they play the Rams. But I mean, especially with, you know, Drake London kind of dealing with the injury, he's been out since August 14th and he's still not back with the team. You know, I definitely think he's still going to be a very good wide receiver this year, but he may have a little bit slower start uh, than normal. And, you know, Pitts is going to pick up those targets and he's going to be the number one option uh, for the man who was the number one graded quarterback in preseason by PFF, Marcus Mariota. So uh, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as people predict. His current ADP is tied in three, so people know he's going to be good. They know he's going to be great. Uh, I have him at tight end two, but I just – Kyle Pitts. You have him above Andrews, right, or was it Kelsey? Uh, I have him just above Andrews. They were neck and neck. Um, Kelsey was uh, number one for me. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Pitts, I'm getting him everywhere. He's just a guy that, especially in PPR leagues, he's going to catch so many passes and what he does with those passes is insane. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely a top dog for me, Kyle Pitts. Nice. Yeah. In every league I've done, he's gone in the third round and it's always like two or three picks before I'm picking. So mm. uh, I haven't been able to get him in redraft, hoping that changes, but Totally agree. I mean, I have him at three, so I have him with consensus. But, yeah, I'm totally willing to take that third-round shot. I mean, mm. would you – let's say you're at the turn with the second-round pick. Um, would, would you would – do you think you'd take him there? Or do you – like, how far are you willing to reach him um, as the tight end two there? Yeah, uh, honestly, I'd be considering him at the turn there. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if, you know, it was quarterback heavy and I was trying to wait on that or something and, you know, a lot of good running backs and wide receivers fell, but – I mean, Pitts is practically a wide receiver. He just plays a more valuable fantasy position. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely consider taking him there at the uh, end of the second. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Pitts has been your guy from the beginning. I mean, you had him uh, as your number one pick in the rookie class that he was in. And this is a rookie class with Najee Harris and with Jamar Lawrence, Chase. Yep. Jamar Chase. So, you know, I, I think that, honestly, the way it's played out thus far – you can make an argument for Chase or Najee, but I mean, nobody can really make an argument that you were wrong uh, to, to do that. So, I mean, I yeah. think, you know, he had a thousand yard season, definitely needs to up the touchdowns in order to be really fantasy dependent. And that's going to be the big scary part because I don't know how many touchdowns you're projecting this offense to get, but I, I think he'll have to have a large percentage of them. <laughs> that's what I'll say. Cause I don't think there's going to be tons of them coming, but uh, that's the only, only water I could throw on it is just, please let this man catch some touchdowns because last year it was bad and he caught one touchdown. And this year, I don't know if the offense is going to be much better with Mariota placing, replacing Ryan. So um, I, I don't know how many touchdowns he's going to have, but I guarantee it's going to be more than one. I, I, I would, I would say more than five. If not, then uh, that'll be super frustrating. But anyways, I, I would say five or more. We'll see how it goes, but um, all right. Well, my top dog tight end, uh, yeah, I pretty much gave it away in last week's episode if you listen, but it's Cole Komet. Um, I have him ranked as my tight end eight. Uh, he's ECR 10, so he is starting to creep up there. But for me, if I'm not getting, um, you know, if I'm not getting Kittle, if I'm not getting uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, or 
that wait, who's, who's the, who am I missing? Oh, Waller. If I'm not getting one of those, maybe Hawkinson. I have gotten Hawkinson once when he's fallen a little bit later, but outside of that, if I'm not, if I don't have one of those guys, I have Cole Komet on my team. Like that's, that's, that's all it is. And so, um, yeah, if I'm not willing to take one of those early round shots, it's Cole Komet. And it's look, the guy had 94 targets last year. He was one of the most targeted tight ends, but they were just not great targets. I think that's going to change. Obviously I've expressed my thoughts on, on uh, fields, but I mean, Cole Komet very well could be the most targeted. I mean, most targeted receiver on the team, even more than Mooney, because Mooney is a little bit more of a, of a deep threat. So um, I, I'm really super high on Cole Komet. He's another guy. He didn't have any touchdowns last year. So both of us really are just depending on our guys getting more touchdowns and having positive regression uh, there. So uh, if that happens for both of us, both of our tight end picks should, uh, should definitely turn out well. So top dog, Cole Komet. I like it. Like it. I was quite as high as Colquitt, but yeah. I mean, who who else are they going to pass to besides Mooney? So, um, yeah, I really liked him coming out too. So it's not a lack of talent at all. Hundred percent. All right. Well, we'll get into our wide receiver next, and I will start with mine. This was really tough. There was three names that I was throwing back and forth. I'll mention the other two just because I want to be able to take semi credit. Um, it's Michael Pittman was one. I have him ranked very high, but a lot of people have been talking about Michael Pittman as a breakout and my guy and all these other things. So I didn't want to go with the crowd there. Didn't lean Michael Pittman, but I love him and I'm willing to draft him in the fourth round time and time again. Uh, the other one is Jerry Judy. Um, everybody seems to have, it's interesting. My, my, my top dog for dynasty was Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton went like three or four rounds after Jerry Judy. But now it's the reverse. Now Jerry Judy's going like two rounds after Cortland Sutton. And I think in PPR, Jerry Judy's the guy to have. So those are just some little preambles. But the guy that I went with, my number one top dog, the guy that I'm staking my claim to is Mike Williams. Mike Williams is my wide receiver 14. Uh, He's ECR 17. Um, And honestly, I probably would move him up to 13. I probably am going to consider putting him and Keenan Allen back to back at 12 and 13. Um, but he's going several rounds after Keenan Allen, usually at least a round and a half after Keenan Allen. He's going in the fifth and sixth round. Another one of these guys, like, honestly, I mean, look, if, if you could get the number one receiving option for Patrick Mahomes or for, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like a great quarterback, you would be thrilled about it. And these guys can finish in the top five. Mike Williams can be that guy this year. They gave him the bag. This really could be the year that he starts to, kind of usurp Keenan Allen. I still think Keenan Allen will be completely, you know, usable. I kind of think of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, when Jefferson broke out his rookie year, Adam Thielen was still a top 24 receiver that year. Um, He wasn't last year because of injury, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, um, you know, this is hurting Keenan Allen, but I just think this is the breakout year, the true breakout year. You know, he kind of had a mini breakout year last year. He, you know, started off really, really hot and was like a top four wide receiver for like the first eight weeks and then fizzled out a little bit. But I think this will be the season we get a little bit more dependability and uh, he's a touchdown machine. Uh, he's a great route runner. I mean, um, there's, you know, not not much to say negative about his game. And I think he will be Justin Hurts. Uh, I think there's a strong chance he's going to transition to Justin Hurts number one receiver this year. I still have Allen one spot above just because of the PPR, but uh, you know, basically take your pick and Mike, Mike Williams is going, you know, a round and a half later. So for me, that's huge value. I'm getting them everywhere I can. I've gotten them in two of my three drafts. So Mike Williams. Yeah, I, I like the Mike Williams pick a lot. 
Um, you know, I, I think yeah, obviously Herbert's a guy that can support two guys, and he has, and he continue will continue to do so. So uh, good pick there. Uh, I am going to pick another wide receiver that is in the LA region. However, he plays for the Super Bowl champs, not some. Is, your whole, is everything is your whole thing, Rams? Look, they're <laughs> the Super Bowl winners for a reason, and they paid this guy a lot of money for a reason, and he's staring up preseason for a reason. And I'm getting him everywhere for a reason. And it's Allen Robinson. Uh, current ADP is wide receiver 28. Uh, I have him at wide receiver 13. I have him as the top of the wide receiver two market. Uh, yeah, I, on our guest uh, show with Kyle, I had him as a value, but now he is a full bone top dog. Uh, he's more than just a value. I've already made my case on this, but he's been a top 10 wide receiver before. Uh, he's not past his prime. He's dominated in training camp. Uh, and he's in the best offense in, of his life, playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with. So, yeah, I, I only see arrows up for Allen Robinson. I don't see how, aside from major injury, that he doesn't beat his ADP of wide receiver 28. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking him everywhere I can. He's going to be a popular pick for me. Yeah, I'm seeing his, his ECR a little bit higher than his ADP. His ECR is at 21, so uh, you know, that's that's slightly closer. closer but and that's you know I have him at uh, 24, so mm. um, you know a little bit closer for me, but definitely way lower than you. Yeah, man, I think for me it's just I still see Cooper Cup as you know if he's not going to finish as the wide receiver one, you know finishing as a top five receiver locked in, um, and. To me, Allen Robinson looked bad on the field last year. So, like, it's not – it wasn't an injury thing. He was, like, on the field. And I know there's – oh, he wanted out of the Bears and all this stuff. But for me, when I see a 30-year-old receiver start to lose that explosiveness, start to lose that effort, I'm, I'm starting to get worried. Now, look, if there's a reason to try hard, it's because you landed with the Super Bowl champions and you're in a great situation. I totally agree that the bounce back is completely – uh possible and and maybe even probably probable but i can't i can't have him anywhere as high as as uh you know 13 uh, and you know we talked about this in our wide receiver episode but um yeah i just don't think there's going to be enough i know that you know wide receiver ones can exist on the same team but um i don't know if Allen robinson still has that kind of juice i think he's a really safe you know wide receiver two option but i don't see quite that high of an upside we are going to have to agree to disagree. Uh, he is not 30, though. He, he just turned 29 a few days ago. So Okay. okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, if we're doing contract stuff, it's three-year, you know, $15 million a year. I just, you know, I don't think the Rams signed it if he had no juice left in the take. And I also mentioned when uh, you talked about that last time, like he said that he was suffering, like, real bad symptoms from COVID last year. Mm -hmm. And he said they were he shouldn't have been on the field sometimes when he was kind of made to. So, and yeah, um, he did look sluggish in his in blocking, route running, everything. So that 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 very well could explain that. So um, you know, if if I don't see any of that, and if I didn't see any of that before this happened, absolutely he'd be a top fifteen receiver, I'm sure. So, but uh, that that's what just what has to, has me scared off. But I like that you're staking your claim. Uh, the Rams better do well this year. You're gonna have an egg on your face. I don't see how they won't. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, do you want to do your running back first or should I? Oh, man. Dude, I honestly wrote down three different running backs here. Running back was very hard for me to choose. Uh, I already know who yours is going to be, so I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, – you know what? You go ahead and do yours. Mine will be a better follow-up. All right. Well, you had Breeze uh, – not – shit. You had, Michael, <laughs> you had Michael Carter as a – 
You have Michael sleeper. Carter as a uh, as a sleeper value, and yeah. their value. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know that I super disagreed with that. But what I can disagree with is that look, okay, so you know who the starting running back for, and although it was an injury, it would have still happened anyways. You know, uh, Marlon Mack was the starting running back when Jonathan Taylor came in. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, just because Michael Carter's starting out the RB1 on the depth chart, that doesn't have me worried at all. Like, I Well, think Mar- he, Marlon Mack also stopped being the starting running back because he tore his Achilles. I, I said that, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's, what, that's why I said it was because of injury, but, yeah. but, but that's what I was saying. Jonathan Taylor would have beat him out anyways because he was more talented. So um, yeah. he, he wouldn't have gotten the full workload, sure, mm. that, that he got, but he would have beaten him out very quickly. I mean, he, he was a much better running back. I think that's the case with Brees Hall. I'm going to go so far as to say, I think Michael Carter is a great pass catching running back. I think Brees Hall is a better pass catcher. So I, I, I just think that he is going to, this is going to be an offense that is going to need a spark. Um, they're going to need somebody, a, a real game breaker. And I think Brees is going to provide that. Look, last year, Najee was going in like the first round and I'm higher on Brees as, as a prospect than Najee. Now, here's what I'll say. Najee is in a much better situation, so I understand that outlook. But for him, he's going in the fifth round, four rounds of separation. Like, he is one of the most talented running backs to come out in the past several years. Like, top five most talented running back to come out in the past three years. In my opinion, easily, you know, most would agree with me. Uh, but I, I just – there's no way he's not going to return value. And, yeah, maybe it takes a week or two for him to have his 20, 25-point game. And I know people are thinking shades of Javante Williams. Well, guess what? Javante Williams finishes the RB16 last year, and Brees' ECR is currently the, the uh, RB19. So even if he has the exact same season that uh, – and he, I drafted him. I drafted him as an RB21 in, in uh, the draft that I just did and got him in. So he went even later than ECR. For me, it's just a huge value. I'm completely willing willing to to go hero um, RB and just wait till the fifth fifth round and be and get my RB two, uh, because for me, Brees Hall is going to be an RB two 100 percent unless he's injured, obviously, and he has the upside to finish as RB one his first season, just like Najee, just like Saquon, just like Jonathan Taylor did, and I really think he's up there with those names. The only difference is can the Jets make the improvements to. But here's the thing. The Steelers were one of the worst offenses in the league. The Steelers weren't a good offense last year at all. And Najee Harris still still had the season he had. So um, Brees Hall for me, huge value. I love him. I'm going to try to get him everywhere as my RB2 or even RB3 if I do go RB heavy uh, in the first couple rounds. So um, love Brees. Obviously, I loved him in Dynasty and been talking to him all year, but I get to get him in and redraft here. And you might say I have Dynasty brain, but – I'm telling you, number one rookie running back. Well, for me, Nate Nate disagrees there, but he still agrees he's very talented. He's going to beat his ECR of 19. He's going to easily. So uh, that's 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 it for me. Brees Hall, top dog. I like you're sticking your claim to your guy. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, his current ADP is uh, RB21. I have him at RB20. Um might have to bump them down for another guy uh, we might be mentioning, but uh, yeah, it's the, you know, I just don't think Brees is of the same caliber as like a Jonathan Taylor. And I think his, you know, the guy he's playing in the backfield with is very proficient at catching the ball. And he's a very good runner as well. And like, you know, Brees, I mentioned this when we were doing our scouting of him and stuff, but like 
he he really struggled when he played good defenses his last year of college and honestly all through college but like he played five top 25 defenses in 2021 and he did pretty terrible against four out of the five uh he his uh he was under 70 rushing yards in four out of those five games so and we've seen it kind of in preseason where he's he's struggled to locate the hole and he's kind of been hesitant and you know he's kind of looking for something to develop when you kind of just have to make a cut and go um, so, I mean, he's had, he hasn't been targeted once in any of the three preseason games. He's played quite a bit. He has zero mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, he has 14 carries for 29 yards at 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, I, you know, I just don't see him having a very fast start to the season. I definitely think he's going to eventually take over first and second down duties, but he's going to have to improve his vision and his understanding of his blocks. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my only knock on on Brees, you know, really coming out in the gate firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, you know, the preseason performance wasn't as as good as I would have liked to see it, definitely. But at the same time, I'm not putting too much stock in that, to be honest. I mean, you know, he's he's learning a new offense. He still is learning. And yeah, it might take time for him to know exactly where to go and what hole to hit for each play and all of those things. But um he is one of the most talented is stepping into the league right now. He is one of the most talented backs in the league, in my opinion. And I know I won't, I can't say that maybe I can say that he's Jonathan Taylor talented because in my opinion, Jonathan Taylor is the most talented back in the league right now, but he's, he's for me, he's top 10. I mean, so uh, I just think that at the end of the day, talent wins out. I was scared to draft Najee last year in redraft because of this reason, because I was like, Oh, this offense sucks. And Ben and duh, but duh. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Najee came through and you, you know, you were high on Najee for redraft last year and, you know, you reaped the rewards. I'm going to do the same thing with Brees this year, except for I don't have to draft him in the first or second round. So, um, you know, could end up being wrong, but, but uh, you know, I've been as high as you can be on this guy for dynasty and I'm not slowing down for redraft. Nope. I like you sticking with your guy. Um, I mean, man, I honestly have two rookie running backs written down here uh, and a veteran. Ah, man. I honestly think both of these rookie running backs are going to finish ahead. of Only one counts on Brees Hall. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that like is getting taken the lower of the two and is my higher rated prospect to everything. I'm going to mention both of them, but like Ken Walker is currently uh, his ADP is RB 39. So, I mean, you think Brees is going to RB 21. Uh, Ken Walker is going RB 39 and people are acting like he's been on, put on pup list or something like that. Like he still is hopeful to play in week one. Uh, you know, he might not, but uh, yeah, it's not like he's going to miss a whole bunch of time. You know, this is going to be a very run heavy offense. They've shown the ability to do that in the past. And yeah, it's, you know, the, the guy that is currently in front of him as a starter is very, very, very injury prone. So yeah, I, I just think RB39 is ridiculous for Ken Walker uh, in redraft. So I have him at RB17. So go get him where you can. I definitely will be. Um, yeah, he's he's probably my more own. But, I, man, I wish I had more shares of this other guy, Damian Pierce. He has a legitimate chance to finish as the rookie RB1 this year. Like, yeah. because he, the, he doesn't have a Michael Carter or Rashad Penny. I mean, he, you know, Marlon Mack got cut. Yeah, he's going to be the workhorse for this back. He's got a Rex Burkhead. That's yeah, he's got a Rex Burkhead. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, who is a very underrated third down back? We, you know, we shouldn't forget that. But Pierce is going to get the vast majority of the work. He's, you know, much more talented. 
And I, he has a very real chance to finish as an RB2 this season. And like I said, the top rookie. So, um, yeah, I, I love this little short strider coming out of college. His ADP is currently RB36. That's probably going up as we speak. It's but, higher than that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But he, he should easily be, you know, I, I think a top, you know, probably a top 25 back for you. So at this point, are you putting him above Brees in redraft? In redraft, he's probably going to edge Brees out just a hair. Wow. Brees is a more talented guy, but Damian Pierce, like, he has full control of this offense. He looks great. He has got a workhorse role, and he's the starter right off the bat. So I, I think I'm going to have to edge with Pierce on this redraft deal. Definitely not Dynasty. Yeah, yeah. Now, for me, my pushback on, on your points there, and look, you know, I, I – uh... No surprise you took Kenneth Walker there. You've been touting him, you know, if you listen to your, any of your previous episodes. And, you know, I'm glad you're not backing off of him either. And but I think you would agree that RB, you know, 39 is too late. I would yeah. take him above Penny. So, yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have him higher than that. But I think mm. he's, I think he was just outside of an RB2 for me. Mm. But, okay. um, but that being said, um, I think the argument I can make in Brees' behalf, and I know you're Michael Carter can catch passes. That's great. Brees, has passed catching upside that Damian Pierce and, and Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker do not possess starting out in their careers. So I think, you know, it's a lot easier for him to inherit all three downs uh, this season than it is for either one of those other two guys. Now, that being said, if Rashad Penny's injured, I don't know who else they're going to be running out there on third. I guess Travis Homer or somebody for, for yeah. in, in Ken Walker's case, but everybody healthy that like, if nobody gets injured, I think Brees Hall definitely has, uh, you know, still the, the the highest upside to finish is in the top 12. Now I wouldn't be surprised if, if Damian Pierce, if they both end up as RB twos, Damian Pierce could end up as a couple spots higher, but I'm going to say that's impossible because I got to stick to my, my guy here. So oh, shit, my top dog here. So yes, redraft it's, you know, there's, there's more, uh, you know, there's a clear situation path. is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's a clearer path. I agree. But, but talent wins out draft Brees Hall. Nate says draft Kenneth Walker. Ken Walker, damn it. And uh, hey, look, Kenneth Walker rolls off the tongue way better. I'll admit, I wish he had yeah, never changed it. I was it just to Ken. So, so long to so, so used to saying it, but you know, Ken yeah. Walker, that's what he likes. That's what we'll call him. But, mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, yep, that was our episode, folks. We appreciate you listening. Uh, just to kind of recap um, each of these here, my value picks are Baker Mayfield, Chase Edmonds, Chris Godwin, and David Njoku. Nate, if you want to give your values. Yes, values are Jared Goff, Michael Carter, Romeo Dobbs, and Tyler Higby. All right. My bust were Aaron Rodgers, James Conner, A.J. Brown, and Zach Ertz. Stay away from those players. My bust are Justin Fields, eh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Debo Samuel, and Dawson Knox. Three out of those four players, I love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, and our top dogs here, for me, it's Matt Ryan at QB, Brees Hall at running back, Mike Williams at wide receiver, and Cole Komet at tight end. And so for me, it's Matt Stafford at QB, uh, Ken Walker and Damian Pierce, both at running back. No, Uh, pick one. Pick one. Ken Walker, his ADP is lower and he's more talented. Um, uh, but I do think Damian Pierce is a legit chance to finish higher. Uh, Allen Robinson, at wide receiver, and Kyle Pitts is my tight end, top dog tight end. All right. 
So that is the episode, guys. Uh, just a quick note um, from here on out. You've probably been, uh, well, if you listen to it on the day it's released, been listening to us on Fridays. That is going to change. Uh, you know, last year, one of the, you know, um, constructive criticisms we received is sometimes <laughs> there's not enough, you know, time. We were putting it out on Thursday, I think, last year, and there mm. just wasn't enough time for people to, you know, listen and, you know, react. The first games on Thursday, we were putting it out, you know, usually after that had already happened. So, mm. um, we're going to try to uh, switch up the schedule this year and we're going to start uh, recording on Tuesday night, putting it out Wednesday morning. So um, we'll have an extra day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to make and Saturday to make all those, you know, lineup decisions based off of our incredible advice. But, yeah, right. uh, but yeah, so we're going to be ch- changing that up just a little bit. So be sure to start looking out for us on Wednesdays instead of Fridays, maybe even Tuesday nights, depending on, um, you know, how, yeah. how, uh, productive our editors feeling that night, but, <laughs> or uh, if we can do it <laughs> in time. Uh, right, right, right. But yeah, but, we're uh, we're going to try to get it out to you like uh, earlier than later, but, uh, but yeah, Wednesday morning should be about the normal. Yep. So we'll be changing that up and next week will be our first week one breakdown. Uh, we'll be talking about, you know, the matchups. We'll be talking about players. We are excited about starting guys. We're a little bit more hesitant about, uh, given our starts of the week, uh, we'll give some dog discussions. Uh, if you listened to us last year, you're familiar with the with the flow, but we're going back to our regular season schedule and we're excited about it. Football's here and uh, we're going to be giving you your first actionable advice on what to do with your lineups next Tuesday night. Available for your ears probably Wednesday. So <laughs> uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in. As always, guys, we really appreciate you. Um, you know, every like or uh follow or whatever the platform you're listening to uh allows you to do it really helps uh, us and we appreciate it a lot um little peak looking forward uh i think nate and i are gonna start trying to i guess if i say this on the pod we have to like do it but uh live stream later (laughs) uh, live stream some so even if you can't catch us live you know if you like to watch people you know discuss face to face and you know maybe we can do some fun things uh when we do start having a little bit of a live audience but definitely let us know um you know if if that's something you'd be interested in and maybe we can work out a time to do that that uh would be you know we could get a couple of you viewers in here um that would be awesome but we're looking towards that for the next phase um and uh we're excited for that but you know give us a little bit of time to work that out but fantasy regular season it's here let's go our next episode we will be foaming at the mouths and pre-coming at the tips so um we're gonna be doing those things for your listening pleasure Damn right. That was well put. A lot of stuff there. I felt like it was the ending of Return of the King and Lord of the Rings. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we've covered it all. We've done it all. Can't wait for regular season to start. So look forward to seeing y'all next week. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. For Nate, this is Josiah. Fantasy Dogs out. <laughs>